This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elkshape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Welcome to the Oak Shea Podcast with your host, Dan, the fitness man. What's up? Thanks for tuning in. You got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing us. Here we go. Sitting down today, sitting down today with a cat named Cage Golden out of Montana, specifically Billings, Bozeman area. This guy is a subscriber of the YouTube channel. He won the hunt to Alaska. He was able to pick a friend to come to Alaska with us and hunting full and chase spring bear from a boat in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. This is a fun episode. I got to tell you guys, Cage is the real deal. He's diehard archer. He's into real estate. He's also a guide and outfitter and he's young and he's better looking than me, but he's not a better archery shot. I'm just joking, Cage. But I love this guy to death. He's such a good dude, and I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. Without further ado, Cage Golden, Dan Staten, Yokeshape Podcast. Guys, we're talking to Cage Golden. We're going to get right to it. This guy's from Montana, and I'm still sick, so I sound like an a-hole. Did you get sick from me? No. You little bastard. You got a strong immune system, son. Oh, Yeah. Well, Cage is the guy who we pulled his name out of the hat and said, hey, you won a trip to Alaska, all expenses paid, pick somebody to go with you. I mean, we haven't had any time to probably reflect other than one night's sleep, but dude, I got to tell you, it felt so good to sleep in a bed versus five other bunks six inches away from my face. How about you? Did you sleep good last night? Um, I didn't because my sleep schedule was so jacked up, dude. Like it was twelve thirty, and I was still white ass awake because of that time switch and the light. That light didn't mess with you at all. You kind of you went to bed early every night, though. I did. Yeah, you were smart. You kind of stayed on your schedule. We stayed up every single night until at least one. It. I swear, it did not get dark till one. It didn't. Yeah, and freaking thinking about it, I mean, one o'clock—that's three Montana time. <laughs> So really, I was going to bed every night at three. Couldn't tell you what time the sun came up because 
we didn't wake up till nine o'clock my time, so I'd have no idea what time the sun rises there. But I think a couple hours later, it was high when by the time I got out of the bed because we were fishing. By the time I got out of bed, and it was already over the mountains, like it was totally daylight out, and that was at like seven thirty. Yeah, the alarm clock was the captain pulling up the anchor every day. Right by our heads. Right by our heads, yeah. So, well, Cage, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. The one thing I can say is that you're a bow hunter through and through, which like, I, I knew immediately, and I was like, yes, this is my people. But tell us, man, like, how old are you? Where are you from? What do you do? All that jazz. Yeah, I am 24 years old, uh, Montana born and raised. Um, I grew up 13 years in the Bitterroot Valley. Since then, I've been in eastern Montana, Billings. I went to high school in Laurel. So grew up mostly in eastern Montana. It's about split time. Been in Bozeman the last year and a half. What brought me over here was guiding, essentially, COVID. Been over here since then. And it's definitely a different different feel from eastern Montana. It's changing a lot. Been here uh I guide full time. I fly fish guide and I guide hunting. Just recently got my outfitter's license. So this is going to be my first year booking my own hunts. I'm super excited about and that's going really well. And I've been and licensed real estate agent with Whitetail Properties for about six weeks now. And that is going phenomenal. It's just a great company to be with and super, super excited about real estate. That's what my family's been in my whole life. And I've always known that from an early age, I wanted to get my outfitting license and become a real estate agent. I am finally at the age of 24 and paid my dues and got my time in to get to that point. So I'm seeing kind of everything unfold here in the last two months of what I have dreamed about for a long time. I played college baseball um, at Montana State, Billings, and sports has been... Um, my main passion growing up besides hunting, um, I'd say hunting definitely had all my attention. Even in college, none of my buddies understood like why I spent so much time of my free time away from baseball and school hunting. Like every second I got away from that, I was hunting. So that's kind of, that's kind of the gist of it. I, I film a lot of stuff too. Um, I've been with Levi bow life for shoot four years now i did the hunting photographer deal with zach and stephen drake and that kind of got me into videoing and photography and then that really that was another crazy thing i've just been fortunate with everything that i've done so far um, i finished that class with stephen and zach and it was literally the same week i finished that that i got hooked up with Levi. He just posted on Instagram that he needed that camera guy. And I messaged him and I actually had my buddies talk me into it. I was doing my internship at the Laurel refinery. I was a, I was a sophomore in college and I was like, there's no way he'll message me back. And my buddy was like, well, what do you have to lose? Then you might as well message him. So I did. And I think he called me literally 10 minutes after I sent that message and was like, would you be available to go hunt Wyoming in a couple of weeks? And I was like, absolutely. And I was not very prepared. I still didn't really know how to run my camera very well yet. And I look back at that and it's pretty comical to think about because I think I told you, Dan, this, I showed up and I didn't have the best camera gear. I didn't really know what I was doing yet. It was my first gig and I kind of got thrown right into the ring of fire. Um, I pulled up to camp at Bighorn Outfitters in Buffalo who I guide for, Dustin DeCrew and Rich Sweeney, super good dudes. But um, I rolled up to camp and Hunter, Phelps, Micah, and Jameson were all sitting outside and uh, they had all their camera gear and I just felt so unprepared, but did a good job and consider all them guys some of my best friends to this day and have built some phenomenal relationships through them and I owe a lot of credit to them for the amazing things that I've been able to see with these eyes hunting wise and just relationships that i built with them and other people it's been awesome but kind of faked it till i made it for a little bit and i'm a fast learner but i'm glad i did it's uh opened a lot of opportunities for me for sure i love that background um well let's do some rapid fire questions so i can just cover ground quick and then we'll go deeper into some stuff what's your instagram 
It's just Cage Golden and C A J as in Jack E. My parents totally screwed me on that one. Substitute teachers butchered it growing up. <laughs> and then Golden. What's the name of your uh, outfit? Just Golden Outfitters LLC. Perfect. What real estate area do you specialize in in Montana? My territory for whitetail properties is South Central Montana. So anywhere between, I have four counties in between Bozeman and Billings. That's that's where I will be selling real estate. What bow do you shoot? The 3X29. I have always been a fan of the shorter axle bows. And I was telling Dan, my favorite bow I've ever owned was my Verdix. And the specs to that V3X and that Verdix are damn near the same. So it feels a lot like that Verdix. And I, I really, really love my V3X. How many successful elk hunts have you guided? Successful elk hunts? I would say probably north of 40 between archery and rifle. Done a lot of rifle. What's your best bull to date with a bow? The one that was on the cover of Eastman's. I shot that one with Levi. That was a good one. By the way, can I use that for the cover of this podcast? Good, Absolutely. Good. I got more questions that are rapid fire. Are you single or are you married? I am very much taken. I'm not married yet, but Berkeley is my better half and she is phenomenal. Can't say enough good things about Berkeley. She's incredible. We'll see where that goes here in the next year. Besides elk, what else do you guide? I guide antelope, uh, mule deer, whitetail. Whitetail, not as much, but mostly mule deer and antelope. So if uh, folks listening, if you're looking for somebody that I would vouch, because I've seen this guy in the woods, he's a tall drink of water. He's two of my steps for every one of his steps. Glass up any animal. He's got, I mean, he's legit. Uh, they would reach out to you via Instagram. Would that be the best way to, to, to get a hold of you and, and book an antelope, a mule deer, an elk hunt? Yeah. Yeah. My Instagram has everything. It has my website. It has my email and number on there. So that'd be the best way. And my, I have a separate Instagram for uh, my outfitting company. It's just Golden Outfitters LLC on there. BlackOvis.com is where I buy all my gear. I use the discount code ELKSHAPE. It takes 10% off. Very few exclusions apply. Shipping is fast and free. They're already great prices. And when it comes to getting your gear in your hands early 2022, it's never been more important. Number one, supply chain issues. Number two, inflation. Don't wait. Your prices could go up on everything. And number three, get the gear in your hand. Test it and vet it before the season. Black Ovis offers clothing, footwear, optics, gear, archery, camping, several different brands, lots of SKUs. We've partnered with them because we believe in them. Use a discount code ELKSHAPE, save 10%. TheElkCollective.com is a website that I started with John Gabriel several years ago. We wanted to create a digital, virtual, educational learning platform where you could watch videos and learn how to elk hunt. Learn specific tactics from several different subject matter experts who hunt in different states. If you're an elk hunter, you've signed up for being a student for life. So join The Elk Collective and get going. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE podcast, all one word, and save 20% on your annual membership. NUMA Outdoors, I partnered with them over a year ago. I switched from Sika Gear to NUMA Gear. This brand believed in Elk Shape and I believed in them. I tested their gear before partnering with them and I was really impressed. NUMA has an entire line dedicated to Out West and here's your lineup if you're in the market. Get yourself the Base Haven Base Layers. The Pursuit Pant with the knee pad that is removable. These are breathable, athletic, good four-way stretch pants that'll help you maneuver and be athletic in the mountains. For a top layer, I recommend a Renegade short sleeve, long sleeve, or quarter zip with a mid-layer Alpha verdicts jacket or vest and always have a palisade puffy in your pack to wait out storms use the discount code elkshape 20 to save 20 percent off your first purchase from numa outdoors faru international this is the best backpack on the market in my opinion first things first get yourself the duplex light frame then you can attach any bag that you want i have several bags in my arsenal but my top three are going to be the hoodlum the hoodlum is i'm going to use for anywhere from a five to seven day hunt i can pack out an elk with it easily and i can organize my gear the next pack of choice is going to be the 22 mag a little bit smaller than the hoodlum this is more of like a two or three day effort perfect for the elk hunt perfect for the elk mountains perfect for getting around and keeping your gear organized last but not least is the new hellbender this is the striker xl on steroids this is a pack that i'm going to be using exclusively in 2022 elk hunts all three bags fit on my duplex light frame and with kifaro you can customize your setup with accessories i generally run 
On my right hip, the water bottle pocket Gen 2 for my Nalgene. A small or medium belt pouch, and generally a small, medium, large pocket somewhere on the bag. You can also backfill with the Sherman pocket or guide lid. And inside my bag, I organize all my gear with Kufire ultralight pullouts. When it comes to sizing your frame, the belt, the straps, they have great customer service. Just pick up the phone, give them a shout, tell them Elk Shape sent you. Talk to their customer service representative, get the exact size you need. Buy once, cry once, and enjoy the best hunting backpack on the market. And basically, guys, like, if you drew a general, great. If you drew a special, great. Because uh, he's got leases as well. That means that he's put up the capital to get access to, you know, legit premier ranches in Montana. And quite honestly, uh, I need to step my game up and hunt with him because there's some good places over there. All right, that kind of covers. I wanted to make sure people knew, like, I wanted to, hey, this is who we drew out of the hat. And uh, the backstory is, is, we decided to give away a bear hunt with Dan and Tim in Alaska and hunting full. And Jared Lyle, the CEO, was like, okay, guys, we're going to give you two spots because if you pull one guy's name out of the hat and he's an absolute weirdo, you're going to be stuck with him for a full week. And I was like, he's like, if we can, if we give away two spots, then they can bring one of their friends and then they can go be weird together. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And so we we did this giveaway. You should have watched it on YouTube. It was literally all you had to do was be a subscriber to both our channels, YouTube, Elk Shape, YouTube, Hunting Full. That was it. On our end, Cage, I had to make like this giant spreadsheet, automate it to every time somebody did the thing, it would get their email and it would put it in the spreadsheet. So I got the spreadsheet of, I can't even remember, it was close to 5,000 entries and each one had an assigned number. And then we just went to random number generator. Your number came up and we filmed it so people wouldn't think there was weirdness going on. Although I did get an Instagram message saying that it was rigged. I got a few of those, but F those people. Uh, that's right. I said that. I uh, drew your name. I didn't know who you were. Tim did. He was like, oh, we can't pick him. He films for Levi uh, Morgan. And I was like, he does? He's like, yes. I'm like, I don't care. It's legit. Like this, we have like we have to do it. So then we I was like, well, I'll try what did I do? I think I tried to Google message you. It didn't work. And I was like, all right, well, Instagram call, which I've never done before. Apparently you can call people via Instagram and you freaking answered what was going on there when that happened. Well, I turned to Berkeley because I was sitting on my computer doing stuff and she was sitting on the couch. And I was like, well, she knows how much I watch Elk Shape. It's like part of my daily routine, damn near. <laughs> I just turned to her and I was like, Dan Satan from Elk Shape is calling me. I wonder what the hell this is about. And I almost didn't answer it because I was just going to, I was kind of busy and I was going to just message you and be like, hey, what'd you need, man? And I'm freaking, she was like, well, you better answer it. It was like on the last ring I clicked answer, I swear. So I'm dang glad I did. Yeah. So we uh, said, hey, dude, you won. Pick a buddy. And you were like, dude, I need more than just like, I can't pick right this second. Can I let you know in a couple hours? And we were like, yeah, that's cool. And so you called all three brothers. Yeah. Not one answered or they just said no. What happened? No, that was the thing. I, I was like, I told Berkeley what the situation was. And she was like, well, you have to ask your brothers first. And I was like, just give him, she was like, just give him one chance. Like, just call everybody and whoever picks up first gets to go. So I called all them, none of them answered. And then I was like, well, moving on to best friend list. And it was either Austin or Billy. And Austin, I knew couldn't go because he just got a new job. So I was like, Billy, Billy's free all the time. And gave Billy a call and he answered immediately. <laughs> and it worked out. Couldn't have worked out any better because I think Billy was the perfect person to go. Absolutely. Because he doesn't ever get time to hunt. He never, he, that was like literally perfect for him. It was perfect person to pick. He it was a dream come true for him. Seriously. Incredible. Yeah. He had never been to Alaska. He had never killed a black bear and he's from Montana, but he's currently basically doing like contract work welding in New Mexico, like Southern New Mexico. Not, none of his friends are there. He's literally living out of his work truck and camper, putting the hours in. I mean, through and through blue collar dude from Montana who just needed to take a break and go hunting. Yeah. You know, what did he say? He's worth like, 
how many days in a row 12, 14 hour shifts like insane yeah so that was a good good break for him for sure we we were pretty stoked when we met you guys i mean we had a four-hour car ride from uh anchorage down to homer to get to know you guys and for you guys to get to know us and get to know jared lyle of hunting full who i've known since 2006 but i didn't know that he is an actual like a ninth grader full-time ninth grader going on 50 years old oh a complete knuckleball like that guy is everywhere and i think about i was thinking about that ride over like he didn't even say maybe 10 words that first drive no like he really didn't talk much and then (laughs) the last on the way back completely different (laughs) experience yeah no we all got to know jared even better than i think we wanted to but uh i will say this like people who so jared obviously very successful ceo hunting full phenomenal phenomenal hunter bow hunter especially when it comes to elk and bears i don't know very many people better where was i going with that oh He's the guy who literally is like, acts like he's in ninth grade 99% of the time from a maturity level on purpose. And it's purely entertaining, unless you're Billy. He, yeah, Jared was freaking, he was so damn funny. I can't even explain how funny he was. And Billy, the funny thing about Billy is he hates being touched. And I don't think there was <laughs> maybe 10 seconds that whole trip where Jared was not touching him. Yeah, folks, you heard it. Dude, If the thing that Bill should have done is acted like it didn't bother him. But the fact that he couldn't help that show that that bothered him, that Jared was in his bubble and pretty deep into his bubble. Yeah, no, that was definitely, you guys were a lot of fun. But you guys were also very serious and pretty, like especially you, very experienced hunting. So I came down to Alaska knowing that I really wanted to kill a bear. But I also knew that I would potentially have to have like I didn't know your guys's pedigree I might have to put my hunting on the shelf and and just be there to help you know I didn't know if you guys were intimidated by being in Alaska and or knew anything about bears fortunately for me you have killed a Boone and Crockett black bear in Montana you've you've guided so you were I was able to be like all right teams of two you and Billy go tear it up and um man you guys first day out together when we got to where we wanted to get it didn't take you guys very long a couple hours yeah no that that one that happened quick um i think <laughs> looking back that was probably the be- best opportunity that it, we could have had for billy that bear was feeding and we had all the time in the world to set up uh, i think it was 127 yard shot but i mean he was pretty discouraged because i marched him through that <laughs> that bottom right after we left you guys and it ended up being a super long haul. We got super wet and it wasn't really fun. And but when we got out of there, well, we only had like an hour of daylight left and the first literally 10 steps out of that nasty shit uh, was the, the first good meadow. And there he was just sitting there right, right on the edge of the river feeding. And uh, yeah, that couldn't work out any better. Billy, he was, he was so nervous, but um he, he looked like a professional, honestly. Like, he looked like he had done it before in the video, and I could tell he was nervous, but um, he did good. Yeah, I was proud of him. Yeah, we had six and a half hunters. Jared would have been the seventh, but he really – he's killed so many bears. I, I It was almost hard to get him to focus on bear hunting. He was there for the fishing, which is crazy, right? Because that guy – I don't know anyone who's killed as many bears as he has with a bow, but – uh we had uh, one of the hunters miss prior to that. So we had no bears on the ground. We kind of had lost a day due to weather. So I, f- I was like, we need to get a bear down today. Cause, and luckily Billy was the guy to get us like, get that momentum going. And that was cool. That was really cool. Um, well, let's go over some of the, like the craziness. So those listening, I want to encourage you to go to Alaska and do spring black bear hunting. That was my second time. First time I went was in Prince of Wales, back when you could just buy a tag over the counter. That is a draw now, but where we were was a general bear area. If you're smart enough, we've given you enough hints. You should be able to figure it out. You're talking about hunting off a charter boat. So you just hire this boat to basically, all they do 
is transport you around to where you fish and hunt. They make you your food. They provide a place for you to sleep on a boat. They make you seasick when they take you across the ocean. And they're there just because you basically paid a taxi. That's like a taxi cab on water. Everything else is up to you. That's a little different than what I did, Cage, when I did it. Prince of Wales, like I did kind of like the old National Forest cabin rental, rented a little skiff, and then I did everything on my own. This was just a little different, but I would say looking back at the differences being like I just didn't have as much control over how much I hunted. And I didn't have as much control as far as how much ground or ocean I could cover because we were on a boat with other people. So other than that, I mean, the daylight, insane, 20 hours of daylight a day in an area where I would say only really mountain goats and black bears live. I, there's where we were, there are no moose. There are no blacktail. Uh, we did see wolves. So there's wolves, bears, mountain goats, and that's it. And I'd say timing wise, whoever's there right now is going to have a better week than us. But we got there just as bears were starting to come out. There's still quite a bit of snow, but there was definitely plenty of greens. If anything, it concentrated the bears more for us. But conducively for spot and stock, you need bears on beaches. And that area didn't have a ton of beaches. It's just a couple of tidal flats. Explain to everybody kind of what I'm talking about as far as the lay of the land. Yeah, there was just the beaches. I mean, there wasn't a ton of real estate on the the meadows that we had off the beaches either. It was some good forage right off the beach. And then the tidal flats pretty much right off the, the beach was straight up and thick timber. So then bears, they were real cautious of that. And the only one we really caught out in the wide open was the one that I messed up on. But all the rest of them that we saw were really, really close to the edge. And they would peek in and peek out of the, of the timber. And you didn't really get a lot of them. The tidal flats, I mean, I've never been around that. I don't have any knowledge on that until this trip. But that was pretty crazy to me how the freaking water would be so far out. Um, when we got dropped off and then by the time we got back in the whole meadow was covered in water on x hunt this is the number one digital hunting application i take it with me everywhere i go on my phone download your maps ahead of time and you know differences between state blm national private you know where roads are at terrain features you can do all your e-scouting from a desktop via the desktop version and have all those waypoints and information transferred to your phone having a tremendous amount of confidence that it's not going to crash in the backcountry when you need it most and that you are legally hunting where you're allowed the elite membership will allow you to get free access to hunt this is a great app that will notify you when draw deadlines are approaching so that you never miss a deadline. You also get access to Top Rut, which has arguably the best draw odds in the business. And if that wasn't enough, you also get access to Hunt and Full, their digital publication with each state breakdown and analysis so you can plan your hunts ahead of time. All this for $99 plus when you enter the discount code Elkshade, it'll take 20% off. Wilderness Athlete. This is a supplement company, not a marketing company. The difference being these guys spend their dollars reinvesting into product development. And I have been partnered with them for a very long time. They just came out with their new Hero, which is hydrate, energize, recharge, and overcome. All you have to do is add water. Make sure you pick up a couple boxes of those for elk hunting season, as well as hydrate, recover, energy, and focus, the green infusion, daily multis, fish oils, probiotics, protein powder, post-workout, pre-workout, whatever you need, whatever the goal, wildernessathlete.com. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE30 to save 30% off your first purchase. Baku e-bike, elite fat tire e-bikes to help elevate your game. I use the mule. People ask me why do I not use the storm? Because I hunt out west and I need the extra wattage to get up steep terrain. Find a dealer near you by heading to baku.com for a quick little demo ride to see for yourself or get yourself a backcountry e-bike, a trailer, an extra battery. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to save $300 off your purchase and utilize these e-bikes when you're chasing turkeys, bear, deer, elk, any sort of trail, logging road, where legal, they are an awesome resource for you to get in and get out quietly. And if you have a trailer, hopefully you're hauling precious elk meat back to the truck. Black Rifle Coffee Company, I am a huge fan of coffee probably guilty of maybe drinking too much, but I love Black Rifle. It's my alternative to Starbucks. These folks at Black Rifle are pro hunting, pro 2A, veteran owned. I can tell you right now, you guys should check out the coffee club. Join the club and you're going to get free shipping on your club orders. Automatic deliveries on your schedule so you can program it for when coffee should arrive at your doorstep. You'll get exclusive discounts from over 50 plus partner brands and you can always tweak, tinker, or modify your subscription at any time to suit your fancy. My favorite all time is the Flying Elk. That should be no surprise. Black Rifle is a huge partner of Elk Shape. They support our message of crushing the elk hunting learning curve and leveraging elk hunting. Check out Black Rifle Coffee Club of the Month into the discount code Elkshape. Save 15% off and enjoy America-driven coffee from a veteran-owned company. 
That's a tidal flat. I mean, that's literally a tidal flat. It either all water or the water's gone. That's the one thing about when I did Prince of Wells is I had to like have a tide table book and be really careful. And I did make some mistakes on if your boat and the water's gone and your boat's just sitting there on dry land, you got to wait. You're not going to move that boat all the way back out. Kind of nice being dropped off, but uh, you got to make sure you have areas that you can kind of cover. Uh, and, and, and where we were, there was only one real area, and that's where Billy killed is where it kind of was like a – it was a creek slash river that fed into the ocean, but it had some – it probably was, what, 80 yards wide for quite a while, for maybe a mile, and, and the bears would come out into it. And I honestly thought that's where I was going to kill my bear – and that's where I set up that first night. And I had one bear come out at 98 yards. And I was like, you're dead. Wind was in my face. That bear was just nervous. Nancy, he fed for like just long enough for me to knock on and then back in the timber. But let's get into your story. This is a spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the full video, video is better than audio. Watch it on our YouTube channel. Pause, come back, listen to the, this is like the in-depth behind the scenes stuff that you can't fit into a YouTube video. With that said, we went fishing the day, the next day after Billy killed. We went fishing first in the morning, filled up on rockfish and halibut and cod and all the other whatever people are into. I like eating fish, catching them is okay, but I'd rather be bear hunting, like sun up to sundown, and I think you agree. But we finally got done fishing, and we're heading back to this beautiful cove. Honestly, you little bastard, I... I was going to spot, like, I was, I had my binoculars out and I was like legitimately like eyeballing. I was going to find a bear and be like, okay, I'm going after that one, everybody. You straight up outglassed me, bro. And you saw, you're like, I got a bear. It's a big one. I'm going to kill it. And I was like, what? And then I came around the boat and I threw up my glass and I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm 700 yards away and I can tell. That this is the bear we all came to kill. Go ahead. Let's hear it from you. Yeah, well, what's funny about that is I was downstairs getting all my stuff on. And I literally came up the stairs, looked out the window, and I was like, oh, who's going to go kill that bear? To myself. And I seen <laughs> I seen everybody out there glassing. And I was like, oh, they have to see that bear already. And I walked out there, and I was like, who's going to go kill that bear? And they're like, what bear? And I was like, that one right there, like right in the wide open of that cove. And they were like, oh, we didn't see that. And I was like, well, I'm going to go kill it. It was really quick. I mean, we, we got transported to shore by Brandon. And we had the whole gang with us. We had Ashton and Bo there to back it up with a rifle. Definitely did not need that <laughs> because this stock just, I don't know, is perfect. The bear was, he was super exposed. He was out in the wide open of that meadow feeding on the grass. We had a perfect angle at him because the wind was blowing to the would that have been to the south and he was working his way um into that jared actually gave us the pointer he told us to go on that right side of the cove and i wanted to get dropped off on my left side but that just showed jared's knowledge right there he knew that that bear was going to work the way he did and he knew that once we got in that cove the wind was going to be going that way so I, that was all jared that was not me because i wanted to go on the other side but jared was right we hugged that hugged that bank and there was a little little creek flowing into the ocean and it led right to the bear. So we were just like, let's just get on that and hang in the shadow. And we literally just walked right at him. He was feeding with his, his ass to us. So we weren't too worried about it. Every time he picked up his head, we'd just stop. And it probably took us 10 minutes. Probably, I'd probably say 20 minutes from the time we literally got on the skiff from the boat to where I was 47 yards away from him. But we kind of got canal or that Creek ran out and I ranged him and he looked close. He was 75 yards. I think I told Tim that I was like, he's 75. He looked a lot closer and I thought I was going to shoot him right there. But then I looked and there was another little, little, what would you even call that? That we, I walked up. Did you even see it? So uh, I'm 600 yards away. I'm on the boat guys. You were on the boat. Okay. And, and I'm glassing and I'm like, I saw that where you guys pulled off, where you guys got on the side, like kind of side of the mountain where the mountain starts to shoot up and you worked around, so I figured the wind was jamming that in that way, and I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, Tim gets the camera set up, and I'm trying to like look at trees and guess how far you are, and I'm like, I've videoed this. I'm like, God, he's got to be under a hundred. Oh, looks like Tim's done. He's setting up, 
And then I was like, oh, shit, he just went into a ditch. And, like, all I could see was, like, your shoulders up. And I'm like, oh, that's sick. It's like the perfect ditch where you just dip down. And I'm like, this bear's dead. That's what I thought. And you were just getting closer and closer. And finally you came to a stop. And I was like, I think I said on camera, I'm like, I think he's 40 yards from that bear right now. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that ditch. We were 75 and I saw that ditch. And I was like, oh, perfect. That went right to him and got in the ditch and it was like two feet wide so super tight and it was the mud was super i don't know it was sinking like sinking mud so sinking down into it walking up that that uh, ditch and by the time i got to the end of it i was 47 yards away from him but he knew we were there he kept look lifting his head up and looking our way but he just couldn't couldn't tell what we are because they're blind as shit um we had the wind right so that wasn't a factor then i kept ranging him 47 and 45 but he was kind of working away from us set my pen and i drew back because he was perfectly broadside he was feeding and i was held back for a long time because right when i drew back he stood there for a second and right when i was getting my pen settled he i don't know what he did he like jumped up on the log he got nervous or maybe he saw a bug or something that he wanted i don't know he jumped up on the log and i decided my first initial thought was I put my finger back on my safety I was like man I need to let down but I held back and just watched him and he dropped down off that log and got broadside again and I had my wheel set on 47 which I still think he was 47 the wind was blowing sideways I was held back for a long time at this point I remember my pen was doing a circle on him and I remember telling myself I got to hold more hold more center body and to shoot that that back tension I really like to tell myself to relax especially on an animal and I think I relaxed a little too much because I was pulling forever remember my my pen was doing a circle on him and I was totally fine with that more focused on pulling I just felt like I was pulling forever kept telling myself pull 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 and it broke and I had a clean break I didn't have my heart rate wasn't terrible I definitely was nervous but i I thought I executed my shot really well and it ended up being just lower than it should have been by quite a ways. I'd say, what was it? Probably like six inches low. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like I felt really good about it. It was a clean break. It just was low. I don't, I don't know. Well, it was one hell of a stock. The footage is insane. I wish I could have been there, but I'm actually glad I wasn't. It was cool to watch from afar stay out of your way let you do you you did dude you crushed that stock and that's it, it didn't really dawn on any of us until we watched it on the laptop on the actual uh, you know on the boat to see where the actual impact was because you guys were under the impression it was a good hit I mean you found your arrow and you knew you didn't get a pass through but you figured you hit something good you had blood and you guys spent four hours looking for a bear that you were not going to find so ended up reviewing the footage if you guys want to see where he actually hit the bear check it out on youtube i'm not gonna break that down here but the bottom line is is just the arrow didn't hit where it needed to let's take a break real quick man we'll do an ad and then we'll come back tell you a little bit about my stock uh, we'll do some takeaways about getting people listening to go to alaska and go do it and tell them why and it's not that expensive it needs to be up on their bucket list all right guys we'll be right back hindsight 2020 if you could go back is there anything that you would have done differently you know honestly i wouldn't it's easy when things don't go right to kind of sit there and beat yourself up about it and you go through every situation that happens and you can say oh i can i would have done this differently but really that i wouldn't everything worked out perfect on that stock just besides where the arrow hit i was shooting from my knees I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm better shooting at standing up than I am for my knees. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing though. I felt really good about it. It just it just hit low. It's that's what happened, and uh, I gotta live with that and go on to the next one. And um, once I get my next opportunity, just uh, make the most of it. 
Are you like me? Do you just love trail cameras? Slightly addicted to them? Yeah, guilty as charged. I work with SpyPoint. They have several affordable trail cameras. Some are going to be cellular. Some are going to be non-cellular. So the difference is being one, the Force Pro, non-cellular, very affordable, extremely reliable, just under $200. Or you can look up the Link S, that's the dark, or the micro LTE twin, where you get a two-pack of cellulars. They come with the SIM cards, so you don't need to pay out-of-pocket monthly to utilize your cellular trail cameras. You can download the free app and get your 100 photos a month that you choose. Cell trail cameras are where it's at, where legal, and where you have at least two bars. You're going to get extremely important real-time information, and you don't have to go in and disturb your area, get your scent in the ground, and bump any animals. I like trail cameras from a biological standpoint. I don't really depend on them to get animals killed, but I do depend on them to understand animal behavior, biology, animal densities, and see if I can focus on patterns where I can take advantage and know how to get in and get out of these places. So I am addicted to trail cams. I love the app. It's bulletproof from SpyPoint. So check out SpyPoint when you get a hot minute or next time you're in the market for a trail camera. If you're looking for cellular, I'm probably going to recommend the Link S Dark over all of them. But if you're on a budget, get the Link Micro Twin 2-pack where you have two cell phone trail cameras working for you under $200. Or if you just want to run normal trail cameras, check out the Force Pro. There's a couple different versions out there. I use the Force Pro or the Force 20. Both are really sweet. And then last but not least, if you already have a trail camera and you want to turn it into a cell phone trail camera, they have a product for you called the Cell Link. $59.99 attaches to your existing trail camera. You don't have to have a SIM card and it will start sending you photos to your phone. Check out spypoint.com for more information. Vortex Optics, a partner of Elkshape since 2010. Veteran known, based out of Wisconsin. The VIP warranty itself that's transferable. Whether you buy your Vortex Optics used from a buddy or buy it retail from a store, that VIP warranty follows your product. No questions asked. You break it, they fix it. We're going to give you guys a quick little tip. Being a handful of months away from elk season, one thing you can do right now, and this tip is presented by Vortex, is that you can start writing on the calendar your hunt plan, the dates that you plan on leaving, so that your wife or your spouse knows what you're thinking ahead of time. Sounds silly, but I used to not communicate very well with my wife and then surprise her right at hunting season and then, hey, I'm going to be gone the entire month. Not anymore. Now, as soon as I draw a tag or have a hunt plan secured, I'm up on the calendar writing it down and going over with it. Even though she's probably gnashing her teeth a little bit at me, at least it gives her plenty of time to plan around and make sure that we are on the same page. Happy wife is a happy life and to hunt your best, things need to be dialed at home. This tip was brought to you by Vortex. Go to Vortex Wear and use the discount code Elkshape to save 20% on your workout scouting gear that Vortex Wear makes. Appreciate you guys' support. Matthews Archery out of Sparta, Wisconsin, rocking the V3X29 and 33. I think you guys know this by now, but I'm pretty much in love with that 29. It fits me like a glove. I like the 33. It's probably my favorite bow to shoot, but when we're talking about chasing elk in the elk woods, I'm going to pack that 29 around. Fits me a little bit better. I shoot it a little bit better. You should go test drive a V3X. I think it's their best product to date, and you can really streamline your setup by using the bridge lock to get the sight in the middle of the riser. You have the new Low Pro quivers that fit tighter than anything has ever fit to a bow. You can really streamline your setup with the new technology from Matthews. Plus, they run the cross centric cams, so you can easily switch out mods. You don't have to switch out limbs if you want to change your draw weight, your draw length, or your let off. All that can be done without a press. Matthews Archery, killing it. And I love shooting my Matthews. I'm absolutely in love. You guys should go check it out at a dealer near you. If you've bow hunted long enough, you will eventually be in his shoes. If you have never been in his shoes, you just haven't hunted long enough. The biggest thing I see on a, on a deal like that is when you do everything perfect, it just doesn't work out. And you're basically midway through the hunt, you can, what you do next really can determine how your hunt goes. You can walk around with that monkey on your back and you're just going to pretty much repeat that. Or you can kind of get angry at that monkey on your back and body slam him on the ground, which I felt like you did a pretty dang good job. The only thing that really got in our way of bear hunting more was just time. We, we just ran out of time because of where we were hunting. It was so remote. We, we just had, it literally took three days of travel to get home. When you include the long boat ride back to that one city and then the six and a half, seven hour drive back to that city and then a flight home to a flight home, that's three days that you could have been. So I just think you needed more time. And as a bow hunter, we all know we just need more time as bow hunters. So I think you just need to come back to Alaska, bro. And I think people listening need to come to Alaska so here's your chance. Pitch everybody on why they should come do a hunt like this. Man, I mean, just it's, it was my second time being up in Alaska and being born and raised in Montana. I mean, obviously have incredible views here and incredible hunting opportunity, but there's like nothing like Alaska. Like you can't even explain it in words. You have to see it to really understand it, but it is just like nothing I've ever seen before. The remoteness of it, it just makes you feel so small when you're there. Just seeing the game too is incredible. I mean, we're seeing, we're sitting on the boat fishing, catching halibut, and we're looking up in the rocks and we're seeing freaking 10 to 15 billies just hanging out, you know? And then, oh, we're glassing on the next open meadow and there's, there's a bear in the meadow. I don't know. It's just, it's something that I think everybody should have to experience. And everybody that always asks me about this hunt and like the hunt we did last October, I just tell them like, you just have to go up there and see it with your own eyes to really understand it. Um, it's incredible. Let's talk about Bill real quick. 
What's his thoughts on the whole experience? He was sad when we left the airport, I could tell. And he texted me when I got home and he was like, man, I miss you so much, dude. He never says anything like that. And he was like, I just had so much fun. But I think Jared <laughs> really got to him with the touching a little bit. <laughs> just jokingly, I'm kidding, everybody. Jared basically just wanted Billy to wrestle him. Jared's a wrestler and it doesn't matter. He's almost 50. He's tough. I don't. I wouldn't want to wrestle Jared. He is super freaking tough, and it took the whole time we were there for the when they finally got after it in the car on the way back to Anchorage. While I'm driving, just listening to two grown men throw down. I'm gonna give the W to to Bill though. Bill made Jared bleed. Billy, yeah, Billy got leverage though on him. Billy got on top first, but true. Not much. Not much Jared could have done there, but they are. Uh, Jared is a tough son of a bitch, and uh, Billy Billy knew that. He's never been tested like that, but uh, he uh, he loved Jared and loved everybody. Yeah, like I said earlier, I couldn't couldn't pick a better person to go up there with me. Billy, he'll never get to. I don't know. I shouldn't say never get to experience anything like that again because after going up there, he will, definitely wants to go back. He wants to do more hunting, and that was one thing he texted me after he got home. He's like, "Man, I miss you." and we need to do more stuff like this. I need to get out hunting more, which I thought was really cool. That's so cool. And that could be a just a fork in the road for him. Realize like there's more to chasing money. Seriously. Exactly. You hit that right on the head. The other two folks that came on the hunt won the hunt from Hunting Fools giveaway. Ashton and Bo, they're from Nevada. They both got their first bears. Great people. Super, I mean, really easygoing people to put up with all of us. We're a pretty obnoxious squad, especially when you add Jared into the mix. Ashton, she got her first bear. Great job. Bo shot a really nice bear, like a really big bear. The kind of bears where if you're looking at them broadside, you can't even see underneath them because they're just bellies hang low. So that was cool. Really just truly a great trip. Tim got an opportunity. He didn't get to squeeze the trigger, but you got to watch me chew Tim's ass in real life. I don't think uh, that'll see the light of day, and I don't think Tim would appreciate me bringing that up, but he was right. This was his hunt, but I kind of got on Tim for, I thought he could have shot that bear about mm, 16 different times, but he just never felt comfortable with the shot, and so that I respect, but how awkward was that for you to watch me and Tim? Like, we never do that, by the way. Um, It wasn't awkward. I, I, uh, I was kind of on your side there. I was like, man, I don't understand what what was happening there but i think he had in the back of his mind that cage just got 24 hours of grief about messing up on the bear and he was like man i can't miss this bear or else true yeah no i'm I'm totally kidding but i think that i think he really was worried about missing the bear that bear was antsy and we could tell yeah He, he had opportunity to to shoot him for sure but yeah he wasn't comfortable and kudos to him for for being able to hold back and not just sling one but i like you said, you don't, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah, no, it was, it's his call, his hunt straight up. I'm just glad he at least got a bear in the scope. He wasn't even really, it was a last minute decision to get him a tag at the, like at the last place you could have bought a tag before we got on the boat. Like it, he really dedicated himself to capturing that hunt. And honestly, I, I don't know if Tim's ever done a better job. Like I cannot wait for people to watch this film. It'll be our best work yet. People, go to Alaska. You, you only live once. I thought about it. That's my fifth time to Alaska. That's my first black bear at Alaska. I kind of pulled the cage on my first year. I shot a really big bear, and I did not make a perfect shot. And I, I straight up spent the rest of my trip looking for a bear that I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to find. It's haunted me. It even haunted me when we got there. I was like, I'm not going to shoot unless it's a you know, a slam dunk. When you got back to the boat from looking for your bear, you basically stole my cameraman, right? So I had to sit on the boat for a good chunk of the day hanging out with <laughs> uh, the deckhand and uh, he's a good dude. But I, I was like, dude, I need to go hunting. Like we don't have that much time here, believe it or not. So looking back, I wished you would have gone with us because we were pretty much going to the best bow hunting spot. And it's big enough for like five bow hunters, let alone just me. And I don't know if you if you needed a break or we didn't. I don't know what happened, but you didn't end up on the boat. So Tim and I rolled over there and literally got our gear set up. And I said, I want to go this way because the wind's blowing and I just want to work edges and basically still hunt. 
went around the second corner and there was the bear that I wanted to shoot and um, had a crosswind and pretty much knew that I had one little land, like little feature that if I got around that feature, his view of me would be very blocked and there would be no way for him to smell me. And for those who haven't spot and stalked black bears, it's not scary. There's two things that can happen on a spot and stock archery boar hunt. One, they smell you and they run. And I guess there's a couple asterisks underneath that. They hear you. That raises suspicion, but they usually go back to feeding, but then they're suspicious. Or they see movement. They don't see so well, but they'll see movement. And then that, again, that goes back to suspicion. And then that means that they're pretty potentially going to run away. Or you shoot them. That's kind of all that can really happen. So the way this bear was feeding, he had his head facing towards the timber. And I was basically coming at a side angle at him. And I finally got to, I remember I set my pin sight for 40 when we were about 100 yards away. And I'm like, I think I can get to about 40 on him after ranging him from there. It's like, yeah, if I get to there, and I ended up getting to there, and it was literally 40 on the nose. And when I pulled back, my pin was right in the middle of him as soon as I came to full draw, and it stayed there. Um, And then I had to like kind of study his body through the peep, and I was like, you know what? He is definitely slightly quartering away. Middle of the middle is going to be your best bet. And then the shot broke, and it broke fast. It made one of those like watermelon sounds. He went about 12 yards, literally, and then death moaned and was dead. And I was like, holy crap, I'm done. I'm I'm done hunting. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. And then um, the rest of the time, I, I was kind of like trying to hope that Tim would get one and then we could double film you, which would be really cool. You know, if I were to go back to where we were, here's what I would do different, if possible. I would try to convince the, the captain to not fish at all. And that means I'd have to convince everybody we can fish once we've tagged out with bears. That's our incentive. And I wouldn't put it the other way around. And I don't care about five-day limits. I mean, I'll follow the rules, I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, whatever time, however many days we have left, that's what we get to fish. Because sleeping on that boat in the, in like on the ocean, but you're right next to these places you can go five minutes on a skiff and hunt, that's cool. Because then your scent's not in the area, and you're just, you're just in and out. You don't disturb the area. But I would prefer to hunt when... It only gets dark three hours a day. I feel like the hunting's almost good all day, every day. And I really have, I'm jonesing to go kill. So guys, we would see so many bears on the mountains. Like where we were, there was like snow, avalanches, and then just little south facing patches with bears in them. Um, where Wherever it was getting green on the sides of these mountains. And I really want, I like killing bears on sides of mountains. And so part of me was just, I don't know about you, man. You have to tell me, but I, I really wanted someone to go up the mountain. Yeah, I wanted to do it and I was down for it, but I kind of learned my lesson with that last October, um, chasing them blacktail with Levi and, and the boys. You, you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, we can get up there easy. <laughs> and it doesn't, and it doesn't look bad. And then 10 minutes later, you're using your bow as a freaking ax to get through the, the devil clubs and the, freaking eight foot tall willows call just uh it's rugged stuff that's why that's the only reason why i was so hesitant i've seen them we've seen them bears up there we've seen a lot of them up high but i just knew like man that is gonna be that is gonna be terrible if we if we decide to go up there but obviously if we if we killed one it would have been worth it for sure but i just knew that that stuff is not what it looks like when you're looking at the base of the mountain of what it really is because it is tough i don't even know if you could really rifle hunt it because it's so thick until you get up there i just i don't think you'd ever get a rifle shot but it's i do think you could definitely archery hunt it because you're gonna have to get close either way because you're not gonna be able to there'll be stuff in your way but there's definitely some like avalanche shoots and some really nice wide open spots completely unnecessary because the bears are coming down to those tidal flats y'all you just got to be patient, which is cool. The elk hunter in you, which is where, I mean, this is elk shape podcast. We got to finish with elk hunting strategy. Talk to me from a guide standpoint, man. You've had a lot of people who probably don't live out West show up. Give us like the top three mistakes or assumptions that your hunters show up with that 
immediately get corrected. I would definitely say physicality. I mean, being in shape is probably number one for guided hunters that I see. Just the the elevation, even though hunting eastern Montana is lower than most places in Montana, it's just a big change for most people that come from the south or uh, Midwest and climbing elevation every day and literally being on your feet all day, putting 10 plus miles on average on your feet um, definitely gets to people. And I know like, especially guided hunts, they're so excited to get to camp, so excited to go out. And then after the first day they realize what it is, they're like, holy smokes, like this is tough. It ain't, it ain't easy. It isn't going to be a slam dunk, you know, especially with hunts that, that we do. But um, I would say physicality for sure. And then surprise, surprising as it is, most guided hunts, most people aren't really super prepared with their rigs, honestly. And they're set up, see it all the time where people roll into camp and they're screwing on broadheads and they're like, I haven't shot these yet. We need to shoot them. And you're just like, whoa, you booked this $8,000 elk hunt. Yeah. Haven't even got your, your rig set up to, to really perform, you know, and then their confidence is, is not where it should be. That's another big one. And then number three. Are you guys more, are your clients surprised at how aggressive you are or how passive you are when it comes to killing bulls? Probably more aggressive because I'll, I'll see something I'll spot. I like spotting stalking. I don't like calling at all unless I absolutely have to, especially in Eastern Montana, because then they'll can pinpoint you to a T right, right where that cow call is coming from. I think that they're, they are really surprised with how aggressive I am. I will go right at them. I, as surprising as it is, I don't play the wind a ton until I am very close. Um, I'd say inside 150 yards is really when all I really care about the wind. And I know that surprises people. You'll always have guy or clients want, want to tell you how, what they think that we should do, but, and then it works out when you go right at them and they're just blown away. But yeah, I really don't worry about the wind until I'm, I'm pretty damn close. And I know that's, that might surprise a lot of people, but um, I like to go at them. I always like to keep my eyes on them. And sometimes that ain't the case with the wind, especially if they're on their feet. And I like going right at them. I do think some people are too cautious, almost paralyzed because they can't, the wind's not exactly what they want. Now there's those dipshits who don't check the wind. That's not what we're saying at all. Nope, not at all. But there's a window where it's time to buckle down and get real choosy. No, that's good to see. Like the open country elk tactic stuff is, I, it's, it's a different game than the call-in game. And they're both games are awesome. And you got to have both in your arsenal. So guys, you're going to come to some elk areas at some point, even in some units, they have all the things in them. The elk might be in the open part. And what he just said, I want you to key on is like, they have sonar radar. They will pinpoint the, the ground you're standing on based on the sound. Uh, you can't muffle it or send it over here over your shoulder with the dude. No. Now they can fool you in open country, especially sound travels, not as far and a bull can bugle and move his head while he's bugling. And you could be like, Oh dude, that bull's not, that's 300 yards off. Well, no, he's actually a hundred yards off. His head was bugling, not your direction and you could get busted. So kind of comes with some reps and some experience, I'd say, but open country elk, are you killing them in transition? Are you killing them in the bedrooms? Are you bubble hunting, which is what I call it, but just fringe? How are y'all doing it? Uh, we, we really only hunt the morning and the evenings um, unless it's a ideal situation where you find them bedded. If I can see them bedded, I like going in there. But if they're if you can't see them and they're being vocal, I, I don't, don't pressure them. Just get back out of there and then hunt them for the evening. Yeah, I, I don't like going in their bedroom unless I can physically see them unless it's just a super ideal situation or we're running out of time on a hunt, but mostly getting out there in the dark and finding them in their feeding grounds. And, um, when the sun comes up, yeah, cutting them off and getting in, um, their transition path to their bedding ground. Um, usually there's quite a bit of time, especially where we hunt in Eastern Montana. I know elk like to leave as soon as the sun is up, they like to get moving. And that is true, but um, usually they're on their feet for a while in there, especially in mid-September when they're when they're going crazy. Uh, you have some time. Usually they don't bed down until I'd say 9, 30, 10 o'clock and uh, usually have quite a bit of time to get ahead of them and 
you position yourself right, depending on thermals and winds, obviously you uh, can put yourself in a good spot to set yourself up. And that's really the best way to, and the only way to get true trophy bulls killed. Honestly, I think mature bulls, I should say not trophy bulls, but um, it's tough, especially when they have cows. I mean, it's really, really tough. It's very rare to call them away. Damn try for sure though, yeah. if it comes down to it. But I think the best luck I've had over my years is transitioning, get them in their transition, especially them big mature bulls. Buck knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. My neighbor in 2020, I completely buried a knife into my hand and it was not a fixed blade. It was one of those scalpel replaceable ones that break real easy. And I buried it so deep that I actually, the doctor recommended surgery, which I might've should have listened, but I didn't. Anyways, several stitches later in a week of elk hunting down the drain, I got my hand healed up. Since that day, I've vowed not to use scalpels anymore in the field. And so I've switched back to buck knives, tried and true since 1902, made in America, tremendous amount of history. They're also my everyday carry. So you should check out the new everyday carry 22 lineup from buck knives. They got the 110 slim protein. TXR. That's probably my all-time favorite for everyday carry. You can also check out the 110 Hunter Sport Knife or the 112 Ranger 50th Anniversary Edition. If you're looking for a skinner, I would maybe consider the customizable 113 Ranger Skinner Knife. That's the knife that I customized for all my Elk Shape Camp, Spirit of Elk Shape Camp Awards, and that's the knife that we use to skin all my elk in 2021. If there's a knife out there that you need, they can customize it or you can peruse their website. Buck Knife is a huge supporter of Elk Shape. We appreciate them and we love being their neighbor. Please be careful when you're breaking down your animal and consider switching to a fixed blade just for me. Crispy USA. Crispy Boots. My favorite boots because they don't require any break-in period. For stocking any animal out west it's laponia gtx this is a very affordable boot this is not a 500 dollars boot it's very athletic and it's a quiet boot and it's definitely something that could help you sneak in tighter to animals so if you're a stalker you might want to check out laponia gtx if you're looking for another affordable boot that's perfect for elk hunting it's the colorado gtx i know cameraman jake and myself that's our both our favorite number one boot from crispy it's the one that gets the most use and two is one i have two pairs because i like to switch out boots every day the colorados are not insulated which is great for me to keep my feet from sweating it has board lasting mechanical construction it includes the abss ankle support system which helps propel you forward it's got a four flex rating they're protected with Kevlar triple stitching, polyurethane coated, and leather ran. The height is eight inches, and one boot weighs under two pounds. They're super light, they're fast, they're very athletic to help you keep up with elk. The last thing I want to mention about boots is number one, all your hunting starts from the ground up. Choose wisely. Number two, consider putting sheep feet inside any pair of boots that you rock. Sheep feet are a full length custom orthotic built for your feet specifically. Use the discount code Elk Shape, it'll take 10% off your purchase. I run sheep feet in every piece of boot I wear. I obviously have several pairs of boots, but the sheep feet are always in there. I think they help me leak less energy every stride, every step. They keep my feet strong and durable. And the last thing I would want for any of you hunting is to have foot issues while trying to hunt. Hunt your best, include sheep feet on your must list for 2022. How many archery spots you got open this year? I know you lease some ground, got some cabins, you got some sick setups on some big bulls and you live right there to scout them all summer. What do you have left? What do you have for openings at the time of this recording? At the time of this recording, May 16th, we have the first week of October and the second week of October. So just the last two, last two weeks of archery open. Those are my favorite two weeks in Octo- uh, in Montana, by the way. I don't know. I keep trying to tell everybody that, but this is the first year, obviously I'm, I'm running these leases and it's going to be, it's going to be a new journey for me too. So I, this is new ground that I'm hunting on both the places that we're hunting on haven't been hunted on in 50 plus years. So it's just an incredible opportunity. And I know it's going to be some, some phenomenal hunts. I'm, I'm super excited to get after it, but I, I agree with you. I love that first and second week of October. I've killed most of my bulls that first week of October. How many hunters can you take uh, week one and week two of October? Two hunters at a time, two on one. So you got four spots basically. Do they, can they hunt with you if they have a general tag or did they have need to have drawn? It's a 595-21 permit. So yeah, you would have to have that permit to hunt with me this year. If you have that permit, and you want to hunt some private and pay, play the game. I seen some of the stuff with Cage in person. I wish I had that tag right now. I'd be booking, honestly, either one of those weeks. Probably the last week, to be honest with you. I think it would be some of those bigger bulls are still with cows, but they're just not as like, they're just, they're tired. Mm-hmm. And there's, they'll eat more, make more mistakes. They'll still bugle. My dad killed his best bull in Montana second week in October. Last time I had a Montana tag, I think I killed on the 7th. I know you've killed on the 9th, the 11th. What what else did you say? The 2nd. Yeah. And uh, the 6th. Yeah, a lot of October bulls. And it's it's cool. I mean, you may catch a bugle fest. Uh, well, you probably will catch a bugle fest, but I just think, at, like, for example, the bull my dad killed in, in central Montana. It's probably like a 340s type 
herd bull. We were hunting with, um, I don't even think they're in business anymore, but it was like a, it was an outfitter who leased a giant ranch and we were doing mornings and evenings only. Go back to the farmhouse, middle of the day, and it's mainly just to keep us from screwing things up so the elk would keep doing, so we'd keep get opportunity. I completely did not understand that at the time, right? I'm like, let's go. But uh, no, dude, you're just going to mess it up. So anyways, my dad shot a, like a 340 bull. The other bull with him was like probably just a little bit bigger, maybe just maybe 350. But both these bulls were together running 13 cows, and they completely tolerated each other. It was like they they were done sorting it out, and at this point it was like, Dude, there's enough for both of us. Let's just share. And uh, you, you ever see that? Yeah. You, yeah, you run into situations like that, especially October. Yeah, they're freaking. They're spent. They fought, dude. Yeah, they freaking spent their last freaking bit of energy. And yeah, I've seen that. seen that multiple times. They got a couple pumps left in them, if you know what I mean. And that's it. And then it's, and then they're done for the year. Like the year. They're going to take a year off. Yeah. So, cool. Well, Cage, I will appreciate you going on the hunt. More importantly, I'm glad to call you a friend now. And Billy, if you're listening, dude, man, we will have to do a reunion or something. We need to get Billy to come up to Total Archer Challenge so we can go kick it. I do think Jared will be there, so that could be round two. Yeah. Poor Billy. Yeah, poor Billy. Holy smokes. He's probably, he said his neck was chafed. <laughs> <laughs> from, from Jared rubbing on it. That's pretty rough. Jared literally was like, trying to pick a fight with this kid and i think he just wanted billy to come at him so he could literally take him to the ground and beat his ass because i think jared's really pretty tough wrestler jared is tough dude he is tough he is a tough son of a bitch he uh billy's never had anybody test him in his entire life like that too so that was good for him oh it was good my strategy for Jared, if he ever did that to me, was like to immediately go after him, but to not re- like be relentless until he tires out wrestling and fully understand that you're going to feel his dad's strength for the first couple minutes. You just got to kind of make sure you're not in a terrible position, but eventually get him tired or get him injured. <laughs> I'm just joking. Get him injured. No. That's cool. Well, um, good luck with Whitetail Properties. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. I can't tell you how much that hunt meant to me and, and Billy. And I'm glad that I made these friendships with you guys. And what a time, man. I will forever remember that hunt. Definitely. And maybe we'll see it attack at Big Sky. I certainly hope so. And I'm trying to get Cage to film more stuff for the Elk Shape YouTube channel and to be a part of the channel. So we'll see. Maybe more stuff will develop. But he's got a lot going on, guys. I'll leave notes uh, in the show for his uh, both of his Instagrams for the outfitting and his personal as well as links to his Whitetail Properties if you're looking at looking to get into some investments or maybe you're moving to Brosman. Okay, shoot straight, man. Good luck. Um, some spring bear hunting there in Montana. Guys, separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Friends, thanks for listening, tuning in. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I think we're going to try to do that giveaway again next year. At least I would like to do that with you guys hunting full. So if you're listening, come on, consider uh, a round two. Let's give that hunt away. Let's bring two more subscribers of the Elk Shape YouTube channel to Alaska for awesome adventuring and chasing bears and catching fish and surviving seasickness. You guys got a lot of options, man. There's a lot of podcasts out there. It's saturated. Thanks for picking the Elk Shape one. We hope that you get inspired, motivated, educated, interested all those things and that you're working hard because September is just around the corner and it's time to showcase all the hard work that you've put in and I can't wait I'm so excited I hope you guys are as well appreciate your support we'll catch you on the next one separation is in the preparation